Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the ATPE podcast. My name is Kate Johans, and it's my honor to serve as your marketing and communications director. And hi, my name is Paul Tapp. I am the managing attorney for ATPE, and welcome to everyone that's listening to us. Yes, thank you, Paul. We are still in the middle of our series on contracts, and today we're going to talk about some important terms, supplemental duties and additional duties. You Indeed. may have seen these in your in your contract. So, Paul, let's let's get started with additional duties. What does that mean? Well, additional duties are, are actually exactly what they sound like. Um, you, if you have a contract, you are hired to do something. Um, most people who work for a public school district are hired to be a teacher, you know, and as a teacher, you've got a lot of duties that go along with that. You're supposed to be in your classroom, of course. You're supposed to do instruction, of course. You're supposed to, to maintain discipline, of course. You're supposed to grade papers. You're supposed to plan. You know, there are a lot of individual um, responsibilities or duties that go along with that main duty that you have of being a classroom teacher. But as pretty much everybody who has spent any time in public education knows, being a classroom teacher is not the only thing that school districts expect classroom teachers to do. There can be other things as well, whether it is monitoring the hallway, whether it is... um, you know, helping outside either in the morning or in the afternoon with uh, release time, you know, making sure students get on the bus and making sure everything's organized outside. Um, Sometimes it can be something like um, some additional or some separate kind of thing like preparing curriculum or something that may not go with your individual class. All of these kinds of just extra things that aren't exactly completely, you know, related to you providing instruction to your own students are called additional duties. Okay, great. So would this kind of be things like lunch duty or maybe what about like working a concession stand? Could very well be something like that. Um, That's a very good example one actually um and 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 an example of one of the very few uh cases that we have to point to as to what the rules are uh regarding additional duties so is there a line where additional duty becomes burdensome there's definitely a line as to where additional duties become burdensome. And as is the case in a, a lot of situations, where that line is um, can depend a lot on who's looking at it. Um, the school district or administrator's idea of what is an overly burdensome additional duty may not be the same as a teacher's idea of what is asking too much for that teacher. So I'm taking it from what you're saying that you would not you would not receive additional pay for an additional duty, but it's just considered part of the job. That is probably one of the most important um, distinctions between additional duties and supplemental duties. Um, we'll talk about supplemental duties in a second. But yes, um, 
pretty much every teacher's contract, I think every teacher's contract I've ever looked at will actually say that your salary that you receive um, under that contract covers all of your additional duties as well as your primary duty. Okay. Okay. Well, that seems like a good segue to defining supplemental duties, which sound like they may have some additional pay attached to them. And they do have some additional pay attached to them. Now, one thing I want to get into before we get into supplemental duties, though, is the question of whether or not you can be required to do them. Um, because there is a question, you know, there is there is a question, at least, at least that we get all the time as to, you know, I've been told that I need to do X, you know, again, and, and then Kate, the example that you gave just a second ago of working at the concession stand is a really good example of something that a teacher might be asked to do. And so we get the question all the time. It's like, can I be required? I've been told that I need to come to, you know, come back to the campus at seven o'clock on Friday evening to work in the concession stand. Can they make me do that? Um, and it comes down to, of course, whether they can make you do it, it comes down to the question of, okay, is this something that would fall under the additional duties clause of your contract? If it does fall under the additional duties clause of your contract, that that means by signing your contract, you've agreed legally to do this kind of thing. If it doesn't fall under the additional duties clause, it means that, okay, you haven't agreed legally to do that thing. So there's a big question as to whether or not a particular duty would fall under that additional duties clause. And I can see where there would be more question about something like concessions, where you are coming back to campus on an evening or weekend versus something you might be asked to do either immediately before or immediately after the school day or as a part of your lunch hour and a periodic part of the day. Are there any protections related to how often you can be asked to, to perform supplemental duties, or I mean, sorry, additional duties? Well, and there's nothing specific. Um, it basically comes down to reasonableness. And um, like I mentioned a, a moment ago, a couple, couple of minutes ago, we do have a couple of cases from Commissioner of Education that has given us some guidelines as to what to look for, as to whether something would be considered a reasonable additional duty. And there's, there's two different tests, they're related, uh, but two different tests that you look at to decide, okay, is this something that's going to fall under your contract or is this not something that's going to fall under your contract? The first of the tests is, is this thing that you're being asked to do something that you as a teacher either would expect to be asked to do or should understand? that it's something that you would could be asked to do as a teacher. Um, a couple of examples, just to, to, to illustrate what I'm talking about. Um, you probably everyone, any teacher listening to this regularly works at home in the evening, whether it's grading papers, whether it's planning lesson for the next day, something like that. You're working after hours, you know, it's past the usual dismissal time for your day, but you understand that's part of the job of being a teacher. Well, that's, a, that's an additional duty. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. It's understood. And I don't think there's a teacher out there that doesn't understand that, yes, grading papers at home in front of the TV 
or working on lesson plans at kitchen table are two things that teachers can be and are expected to do. And because it's you understand that that is part of teaching, even though it's not, again, it's not standing in front of your classroom, um, you know, providing instruction to your students, it is that is considered a reasonable additional duty. Contrast that with something like, you know, janitorial services. You know, if your principal came in and told you that you are responsible before you left in the, in the afternoon to make sure all the bathrooms were clean, that is not something that teachers generally are can understand that they can be expected to do. You know, there are custodians at the school that do that. It's not something that teachers normally do. So it comes down to what just the understanding is as to what teachers can be asked. And because it comes down to that understanding, it's something that can evolve. Um, I've been working with teachers for 25 years now, and I have seen what the, what the expectations are on teachers change over those years. Um, there are things like um, star test boot camps that back 25 years ago, no one had heard of such a thing of basic of having like, you know, maybe something on a Saturday morning where students would come in to practice star tests and the teachers would need to come in to practice the star test with them. Again, nobody had heard of that 25 years ago. I know it wasn't a star test back then, but whatever the test was, um, you know, back maybe 10 years ago, not sure, you know, that got to be much more common. That may be something at this point that is understood that, okay, that's the kind of thing that a teacher can be asked to do. So that's the first test is, okay, is this just the type of thing that teachers generally understand as a part of the job of, you know, of, of being a teacher? Um, another example would be, again, you know, helping out in front of the school during student release time, making sure things get organized. That just happens so often. It's just so common that, you know, teachers just understand that that's part of the job again, even though it doesn't have anything to do with them teaching their own students. Um, the other part of the test or the second test is, is the thing something that the teacher actually understood that their district expected teachers to do? And this goes to those commissioners' decisions I was talking earlier about and Kate, your example of concession stand. We had a long time ago, it was back in, if I remember, as mid-90s, maybe even earlier than that, these commissioner's decisions came out, but it came out from a couple of different teachers who were put in that position. They were told that you need to work the Friday night football game concession stand. And they had, you know, they basically went to the commissioner appealing, saying that, you know, this doesn't fall under my contract. I shouldn't be expected to do this. This isn't the kind of thing that teachers should be expected to do. Well, it turned out that in both of the cases, the teachers had been at the district for more than the year that this came up in and understood that, yes, that was something the district did expect teachers in that district to do. So the fact that they continued to work there knowing that that was something that the administration, school district expected teachers to do, meant that they had agreed to do that. So that's the second 
test. Again, first test is, is this just sort of generally something that teachers should be expected to understand, maybe expected of them. The second test is even if it isn't something that generally they'd expect, that they did understand that they could be asked to do it when they signed their contracts. Interesting. That makes sense. That is interesting too, that it was related, you know, that they had the the educators in question with the concession stand case had been there more than a year. So Mm -hmm. it was clear that they, they should have understood that was their expectation. Right. Right. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, did you agree to it? You know, and if you kind of knew, if you knew what you were getting into when you signed that contract, it's hard to say that you can't make me do it. Interesting. Interesting. Is there anything else about additional duties we should that, have? That pretty much covers it. I think we're ready to, to jump into supplemental duties. Okay. Well, evidently I was excited to talk about them since I was trying to rush us there. But tell us, Paul, what is an, a supplemental duty? There's a supplemental duty on, on, a, on the simplest level. The difference between an additional duty and a supplemental duty is that a supplemental duty is something you get paid separately for. Um, The quintessential example of a supplemental duty is coaching. Um, Again, anyone who's spent very much time at all in public education knows that uh, most coaches are also teachers. So they have teacher contracts, um, but they also coach. Now, there are a couple of ways that those coaching duties can be handled under a contract. It is possible for a district to have a contract that actually actually includes both um, positions, both teaching and coaching, it's called dual assignment contract. So contract really covers both, but there are a lot of districts who don't want to have the contract cover that coaching job. So what they do is they cover the coaching position as a supplemental duty. Now your contract is almost certainly going to have a paragraph about it that talks about the fact that you may be assigned supplemental duties and it's probably gonna say something to the effect that these duties are not covered under the contract. Now it gets complicated because there are there can be situations where there's some ambiguity as to whether some particular assignment really is a supplemental duty that's not covered under the contract or whether it's something that is actually incorporated under the contract. And these are the kind of cases that lawyers really love. I'm not sure educators love them, but um, lawyers really like those kind of situations. So let's say, so the sub, even though it says it's not covered by the contract, it's still listed in your contract? Generally speaking, the contract is only going to say something about the fact you may be and you you may have a supplemental duty. If it's if the duty is a supplemental duty, and again, coaching is one example, UIL coaching or sponsor or being a UIL sponsor is another example that uh, comes up all the time. Um, but generally speaking, if it is a clear supplemental duty it's not specifically going to be named in the contract itself. So might you have like an addendum or something or some kind of, some kind of document that says, okay, you're going to get paid X amount for the supplemental duty, or you're not going to be paid X amount. 
That is, that's very common. And it's not universal. Uh, different districts do this in different ways. Some districts are fairly formal with it and do have a document that they share at the beginning of the school year that says, you know, you have supplemental duty of X and the stipend for that supplemental duty is, you know, $1,600, $2,500, dollars whatever it is. Um, a lot of districts don't. Now, Pretty much every district, and it's probably universal, um, will have the stipend amounts set in the district's um, stipend policy. So there will be some place where it is in writing. I don't think there's any district, or I, I doubt there's any district in Texas that doesn't have it in writing somewhere. Some districts are much better about openly and very directly sharing it with the educator. So if it's not covered by the contract, does the educator have more leeway with quitting a supplemental duty? That's the, yes. And that's a very good question. And that is probably the second most important thing about supplemental duties. The first is that, um, again, it's just not covered by your contract. But the second is what that means practically. And what that means is, yes, if it's not covered by your contract, then you are back to being practically speaking at will as far as that position goes. And that means that you can quit anytime you want. And it also means that the district can tell you that they are taking away the position anytime they want. All of the due process uh, protections that go along with the contract do not apply. Um, generally speaking, to a true supplemental position. But, I mean, I'm imagining, say, you're the UIL number sense coordinator for the district, and that's a supplemental duty. And the district is very successful in that particular competition. And then you decide you're done, then it might reflect poorly on you in other ways? Or, I mean, are they able to distinguish between your decisions related to your supplemental duties and your possible non-renewal of your contract? Well, and legally speaking, legally speaking, it's black and white. They're two totally, they are completely separate. Of course, we don't live in an entirely legal world. You know, there are practical considerations that we all deal with as well. And um, so, yes, you know, any action that you take that um, causes, you know, whether it causes unhappiness on the part of the school district can have repercussions. Again, it doesn't, doesn't change anything as to your legal right to basically say, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but it can um, lead to, again, lead to unhappiness. Now, unhappiness is not grounds for non-renewal of contract. Um, but, you know, it can certainly be less comfortable working with a supervisor who's not happy with you, regardless of the reason why it is that they're not happy with you. Yeah. So it just seems like as we've been doing this podcast, one thing that strikes me is there are a lot of things that aren't necessarily illegal or that you can do, but may make your life difficult. And you just want to kind of think through that maybe. No, that's very true. And that's one thing we always talk to, um, our clients when they call is, you know, we, we recognize, and, and I recognized a long time ago that one thing that's very different for us is that most of our clients intend to continue working with the people they're having a problem with. You know, most lawyers, you know, if you're, if you're representing somebody in a car accident, 
you know, once that's taken care of, those people are never going to talk to each other again. You don't have to worry about what, you know, about feelings and repercussions or anything like that. But in, you know, when you are expecting to continue working with somebody, it, you know, those are things that can, doesn't mean that it governs what you want to do or are going to do, but it's something to take into consideration. And this is another example of that. Makes sense. Makes complete sense. So what is the number one question that you get about supplemental duties? Probably the number one question has to do with quitting. Um, and, and can I, you know, again, you know, there is this, there is just because it's kind of understood that, you know, it, you know, I've got a contract and then I know it says something about supplemental duties and I know I do this. Can I safely leave? You know, can I safely quit? You know, I'm a coach and my, you know, my family, um, responsibilities have grown and I just, you know, I can't be away from home in the evening the way I used to be able to do. Can I leave? Um, that's probably the number one question that we get. Um, there are always questions about, you know, the amount of money, you know, that a particular supplemental duty pays, you know, what the stipend for it is. Um, there can be, again, there can be some other very interesting, at least for lawyer questions, as to whether a particular job is actually a supplemental duty or not. And those usually come up when the opposite has happened. Not when the educator wants to leave, but when the educator is told that this is being taken away from them, you know, that this job that they have, that this duty that they have is being taken away. And oh, by the way, since you're not doing the work anymore, you're not going to get stipend anymore either. And the question is, can they take this away, both the job and the stipend? Interesting. And is it different depending on whether the, the supplemental duty is going away entirely or whether it's being reassigned to someone else? Probably not that so much as really what the supplemental quote unquote, and I'll say in this point, I'll say quote unquote supplemental duty is if it really is a true supplemental duty. I mean, it is completely separate from the primary responsibility and it really isn't covered by the contract. You can always argue, but as far as, as far as the law is concerned, as far as legal rights, there probably isn't that much to do, but there are situations that are more ambiguous. I've had a couple myself. I had one where a, a math teacher um, received a stipend for being a math teacher. And um, they basically wanted to take that away saying it was a, a supplemental duty. And my argument was, no, it's not a supplemental duty. Um, you're the primary job. And if and this, this particular person had a classroom teacher contract, the job was for her to be a math teacher. And so the fact that she got this extra stipend for being one was connected to that job. Um, and they, you know, you can't take that away. That's not really a separate duty. It's just a stipend, an extra stipend you get. She, she was getting for doing the primary duty. Ended up winning that one. Um, there was another actually famous case that came out, it's actually not mine, but um, where a um, band director whose teaching job was to teach the music class, but was also the band director. And district tied to basically say the band director position is a supplemental duty. And we're going to take that away. We want to give it to somebody else. And the teacher was able to show that actually one of the classes 
they taught was banned. And again, there wasn't this distinction between the supplemental duty and their actual instruction. And the Commissioner of Education said, no, this actually is, this falls under the contract duties. This isn't, even though, yes, as a band director, you end up going to the, you know, you go to football games and all of, you know, all the other things that go along with it. You also teach as being a band director. And so it was incorporated in the contract. The district couldn't just take it away like that they had would to in order to take it away they would have had to go through all the usual contract um, termination or non-renewal provisions interesting well this has certainly been an interesting episode lots of nuances here was there anything else that our listeners should know about supplemental duties not that i can think of um you know, probably the most the most important thing, the most important thing to remember is again that it is something that you can, generally speaking, it is something that you can take on. It is also something that you can lose, whether whether because you want to lose it or because the school district wants to lose it. Another issue that can come up, and this can get kind of complicated, is oftentimes stipends are paid over the course of the school year just because it makes it easier for the school district, you know, accounting department to deal with it. But the actual duties that go along with supplemental duties oftentimes don't go over the entire school year. So sometimes it can get complicated where um, whether it's the, whether it's the educator who wants to quit doing the supplemental duty or whether it's district that says, you know, we're going to, you know, either reassign this to someone else or whatever as to what happens to that stipend. You know, if you've actually done all the duties, if it was, yeah, for instance, just give a, give a simple example, you know, it's a sport that takes place in the, in the fall, um, you know, girls volleyball or something like that. And the, you know, don't get notice that it's being taken away until March. Um, can the district stop paying? the stipend that goes along with that, if you've really pretty much done all the duties, those those things can get interesting. And there is no absolute clear answer on that. It's very, very fact specific. But again, there's good time to good time to have some a lawyer that you can call to talk about that because there can be some legal issues involved. Yeah, it definitely sounds like there would be. Well, I think we have another episode on contracts in us, uh, kind of a potpourri to wrap up this multi-part series. So we will be putting that together soon. Um, In the meantime, please, uh, please leave us a review on the podcast. We would love that. Uh, Also, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that every time we release a new episode, you receive it. I thank all of our listeners for joining us today. And thank you for me too. I know how much you love talking about or hearing about contracts. I sure certainly love talking about them. But um, once we get through with this last contract, we'll try and find some other interesting topics for y'all. And there are plenty. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the ATPE podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org.
The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only. Individual legal situations vary greatly and viewers needing individual legal advice should consult directly with an attorney. Eligible ATPE members may contact the ATPE Member Legal Services Department.